Ashton, Ashton, Ashton Media. If we look at how things have gone over the, say, last 10 years, we've kind of been having these conversations where we've got to the stage of really, I think, holding up on a pedestal this idea of, like, one-to-one marketing. And we've said, OK, you know, using a fantastic MarTech or an ad tech stack, we can kind of have that gold star where we try and say, OK, how do we how do we execute on it? And I think, obviously, when you look at uh, where we're going, those kinds of things from an advertising perspective won't be possible um, in the same way that maybe they, they once were. Hello. I'm Gavin Stewart, Marketing Director and Co-Founder of Ashton Media and the host of Programmatic In Your Pocket, brought to you by our friends at LiveRamp. Short, sharp stories and solutions to the biggest challenges in marketing, advertising, media and CX. Up next, we'll be playing the full interview with Jennifer Snell. Stay tuned. Please make sure to subscribe, rate, comment, and tell anyone you know that's interested in this industry about this podcast and your favorite episode. You can find Ashton Cast on all the major podcast players. Go to ashtonmedia.com.au slash ashtoncast for more info. So I am here at the Programmatic Summit in Sydney 2020 with the lovely Jen Snell, who is head of digital at Finder, otherwise known as finder.com.au. <laughs> hey, Gav, how's it going? Good, thank you. Thanks very much for, uh, for joining us today, Jen. Thank you for having me. Um, so could you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and Finder? Yeah, of course. So I'm the head of digital marketing at Finder. Uh, I lead our Australian marketing team, which is responsible for all of our in-house digital buying, our, um, our ATL buying, our creative and our CRM. So it's a kind of everything off-site, off the Finder site, I suppose. Great. Sounds like a big job. It is. Is it's, it fun? It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's an awesome, awesome organisation, awesome culture. So I'm very lucky to work with an awesome group of people there. Fantastic. And yeah. you took the stage for us today here at the Programmatic I Summit. Did. Can you tell us a little bit about what you, what you yeah, spoke of about? Yeah, of course. Of course. So I actually spoke about um, one of my favourite topics, which is in-house uh, media teams and the, I guess, the, the advantages and disadvantages of taking that approach. Um, I think it's a really important conversation for us to have as an industry because it's obviously a trend we've seen is that you've got um, more businesses looking to take media in-house. And I think at Finder, we're in quite a unique position to give a you know a view on that. Um, we're one of Australia's largest digital advertisers and we, we do all that buying in-house. So I think as a result of that, we've got quite a lot of experience in terms of what it takes to successfully run a large-scale ads, ad buying in-house team. But on the flip side, I personally have worked with um, some fantastic agencies in several um, previous roles, including at Find, where we actually work with an agency for our TV buying. Um, so I think I've got quite a unique perspective in terms of who it might be right for, who it might not be right for. Yeah, yeah great. Hmm. And um, I think you might have just mentioned to me before we went on with the podcast that there's something pretty cool coming up with Find. Oh. Can you tell us a little bit about that as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, this is so exciting. Hot off the press from Finder. Uh, we're actually uh, just about to launch the Finder app which is a, a part of, really big part of our membership strategy, which is a, a core strategic pillar of ours moving forward. So with the Finder app, we've really approached it from the perspective of saying how can we help um, empower people around the world to actually you know, um, continue to make better financial decisions, which is our purpose. And with the app, you actually can connect, um, connect your bank accounts, your credit cards and whatnot. And you can actually see a view of all your accounts in one place. So you don't have to jump between different kind of banking apps and things. But also you, it actually um, links in with our kind of really extensive find a product database and you can, you know, we'll give you, uh, you know, little recommendations about, you know, you could possibly save money here or there. Do you have the best deal on your health insurance and things like that? 
Brilliant. So, How yeah. exciting. And when, when does that go live? Look, it's um it's soft launched at the moment, but it's going to be live for the world to download. Well, live for Australia to download, I should clarify, um, from the 16th of March. So Fantastic. watch this space. Oh, my goodness. Aussie. Not long Aussie, to go. We're launching it uh, first in Australia. Brilliant. From a perspective, but maybe other countries too down the line. Fantastic. All right, great. And um, so I suppose jumping around a little bit here, jump, what are the trends that you're most excited about in programmatic advertising? Yeah, cool. Um, okay, I'm going to flip this around a little bit from the perspective that I think that everything that's everything that we see as a challenge, we should also be viewing as an opportunity. And I think that obviously one of the really key conversations we're having as an industry at the moment um, obviously concerns um, cookies and tracking and everything along those lines. And I think that um, the way that I think that potentially that could be quite exciting is because I think it will put more of a focus on um, creativity and things like that. And I think that... Uh, that's always a really exciting place for us as an industry where actually we can approach digital campaigns with um, with an objective of saying how do we actually really engage and kind of wow people and things like that in a way that maybe we didn't um, have to be quite as focused on or we weren't quite as focused on previously. Yeah, great. So, I mean, obviously a lot of the chat around the industry mm. and, and particularly here at the Programmatic Summit yeah. today has been around the the demise of third-party yeah. cookies. So, totally. you know, how do you personally feel about third-party cookies in general? Mm. And, you know, have the upcoming restrictions to third-party cookies been a surprise or would you say they're long-awaited? Look, I don't think they are probably surprised to anyone in the digital industry. I mean, from obviously back in 2017 when Apple came out with ITP, I think we've you know we've seen that um, third party cookies is something which, from a tech perspective, obviously we're slowly being less and less supported. Uh, I remember sitting at a, a tech event, oh, I can't remember a number of years ago now, where I think it was Facebook came out and actually declared the cookies dead. So and this is stuff that like I'm that would have had to have been three or four years ago. So I think as an industry, we have been gearing up to this, and we've probably known it's coming, but maybe we have been. I don't know, hoping it, hoping it wouldn't. I think obviously with Chrome's uh, recent announcement and obviously the two-year window they've given in terms of when they're going to stop supporting third-party cookies, I think that's probably brought it up to the forefront again um, from a conversation perspective. And I think it's really meant that uh, a lot of organisations are, are looking at it uh, more closely. Yeah. Are you excited? Are you nervous? How, how do you feel about it? Look, I think it's an industry challenge. I think it's probably obviously one of the biggest changes that will have happened in the digital industry in the last in the last decade, the whole digital advertising landscape has been largely centred around cookies and obviously third-party cookies have played a huge role in that. So I think that um, as an industry, obviously, it's something that there's, there's a lot of people out there working to solve. And I think as businesses uh, and marketers, what we need to do is to, like, first of all, I think really understand it and understand what it means. Um, and that's something whereby... I still talk to some. I did talk to some marketers who are obviously very cross at some who aren't. So I think probably my advice would be for everyone to make sure you really understand what it means for your business and your ad buying. Uh, and then, you know, I think that um, we have to kind of move forward and look at how we can um, find other ways to to reach and engage with reach and engage with um, people. What do you think it means for the future of digital advertising? I think that it means that potentially the we have to maybe be a little bit smarter on things, to be honest. I think um, one of the things that I think has been really interesting is probably this whole piece around obviously um, retargeting just as a industry, how a lot of these tactics have obviously been very successful from a performance advertising perspective have taken up huge portions of budget and whatnot. And I think that we've obviously got to look at um, 
different different ways to make sure we're engaging and reaching people. Obviously, first-party data, I think, is going to become increasingly important. So I think that obviously there's a trend that we've seen in the industry throughout recent years in terms of companies really looking to build out compelling user experiences that uh, give people a meaningful reason to like engage and, uh, you know, um, pass over data where there's where it adds value to where there's like a user. value exchange I guess I mean I suppose yeah. that's part of the reason why you guys have gone down the, the app route as well right yeah I mean look I would say the reason why we've gone down things from an app perspective really relates to what our overall like mission is so our mission as a business is to help people make better financial or help people make better decisions um, with a skew at the moment to better financial decisions and when we looked at things we really felt like the app helped us meet that mission um, for the for the app to kind of do what it does you know you do need to connect your kind of accounts and things to it uh but we kind of we approach that from the perspective of actually saying like what's the gold gold star experience we want to be able to give a a person and then what do we need to do to execute on that so that's kind of where we approached it from from our perspective so there's no denying that programmatic is groundbreaking technology it's brought new capabilities to the industry and allowed marketers to purchase data-driven granular audiences at scale so to what extent will this change with the blocking of cookies yeah well i think obviously the industry is going to like obviously things are going to change in this regard i think how it affects different businesses will largely depend on how they've obviously been buying audiences and targeting people uh, previously. I think obviously if you're someone like some of the World Gardens, obviously from the perspective of Google and Facebook and those guys, I think they're in a fairly strong position. Obviously they've got fantastic first party data and they've built out a really comp- compelling offering in that regard. Uh, I think for other players and particularly maybe mid and small size publishers, uh, it's it's definitely going to be challenging. I mean, some of the stats that I have read are that, you know, um, traffic that isn't attached to a cookie, the CPMs are lower and things like that from a publisher perspective. So, like, I do think that it's going to be more challenging for some of those guys. Um, I mean, some of the things that I think is obviously interesting is around um, contextual and whether or not that's something which will become more valued. Uh, that's stuff that we're, we're definitely exploring. And so someone touched on uh, in another chat uh, around creativity. Mm. And the big idea, yeah, and people having to, you know, work a bit harder for an emotive response. What, mm. what are your thoughts around that? Yeah, look, I think that that's really relevant. I mean, I think as an industry, if we look at how things have gone over the say last ten years, we've kind of been having these conversations where we've got to the stage of really, I think, holding up on a pedestal this idea of like one-to-one marketing, um, and we've said, okay, you know, using using a fantastic Martech and our tech stack, we can like kind of have that gold star where we try and say, okay, how do we how do we execute on it? And I think obviously when you look at uh, where we're going, like those kinds of things from an advertising perspective won't be won't be possible um, in the same way that maybe they, they once were. So I think that uh, that means that we do need to be more clever in terms of saying how do we actually develop things that really kind of engage people, capture their attention uh, and so forth. I mean, I think at the end of the day, um, maybe historically we've been able to rely on audience data to make sure our messaging is very relevant to the user and that's meant that we've been able to kind of use that as a I guess a key angle in terms of crafting creative. Well, I think now, um, I mean, obviously I think we can still do some of that with other kinds of targeting that, you know, might be uh, contextual and whatnot. But I think otherwise it it is going to come to these bigger pieces about how do we try and trigger an an emotional response. I mean, maybe this will mean that we actually end up with more brands focusing on, you know, true like integrated activity, which I don't necessarily, I think that would probably be a a good thing for a lot of organisations. Yeah, I think so too. And so how can we improve the online experience for consumers and clean up the ad ecosystem, which we've touched on here today again and again, as a whole community with industry-wide change so that everyone benefits from it? Yeah, look, I think that obviously privacy has been a topic which we've been talking about as an industry um, for a while now. And I think like, 
think that most people in the advertising industry would agree that historically uh, maybe advertising hasn't been like the cleanest place when it comes to kind of respecting um, respecting people's privacy. You know what I mean? There's obviously all the stories about how, um, you know, some some people haven't necessarily liked the personalisation of sure. ads from third People feel like they're getting stalked, right? Yeah, exactly. You, know, you exactly. hear your mum go, I looked up something and then I was getting stalked by these ads for yeah, ages. Yeah, 100%. Know? So, no, I hear, that all, I hear that from friends and family all mm. the time, right? So I think that like as an industry, what it comes down to is like making sure that we're respecting people's privacy preferences. Uh, so making sure that obviously if users want to opt out of targeted experiences, they can and so forth. So I think those kinds of things are beneficial from an end user perspective. I think obviously what we're still working through is like what it would look like from a legislative perspective um, in Australia. At Finder, uh, we have got um, offices in six countries around the world, including the US and the UK. So we are, um, you know, I mean, obviously very focused on looking at privacy legislation like GDPR and obviously what's been coming out of California and so forth. And um, we're trying to make sure, obviously, obviously we're working hard to make sure that we understand all of those pieces. But um, it's going to be interesting to see whether or not something similar comes down comes down um, the line for Australia too. Yeah, well, obviously the powers that be, the mm. government have you yeah. know, turned their eye towards, you know, the, the digital ecosystem. So with the impending ACCC inquiries into ad tech supply chain, mm. focusing on digital display at compounded by the government announcing plans to introduce a binding online privacy code into the Privacy Act, mm. How is that going to affect the type of inventory that vendors offer, do you think? Yeah, look, I think that that's a really interesting piece and I'm really interested to see what comes out of it um, too, if I'm honest. The other piece that I think is really interesting about what the ACCC has been looking at and one that us as Finder have been working um, with government on is actually all the pieces that also kind of relate back to open banking. And what I, um, for those who might not be familiar with open banking, the foundation of open banking is that people have got the right to take their data and it's their data and they can share it with other organisations as they wish. So this is something which is going to be coming into law in Australia soon. And I think what's interesting about this is this is kind of um, the government saying that actually people have a right to have a right to their data and have a right to how they Own use their it. their data, control yeah, their data. Yeah, exactly. How do the so, banks feel about that, Jen, do you think? Oh, I can't, I can't comment on that. Um, <laughs> I'm, yeah, I don't work at a bank. Um, but I think that, I don't know, I personally feel like that potentially is, um, is really exciting from a fintech perspective, mm. really exciting, and hopefully it will, you know, uh, allow people to get Allow people to get better deals and whatnot, and that's obviously in the best interests of um, of people long term. And with a looming reduction of data from consumers, will brand marketing methods shift to quantifiable methods of operation? This is a interesting piece because I think, like, let's have a chat about attribution because that's probably where my head goes to when you talk about the question. And I think from a attribution perspective, um, as an industry, obviously, multi-touch has been something that we have been. Um, obviously my spent has been working with for a number of years now. And I think that one of the interesting things that is going to be happening as, as a result of, uh, you know, tech and cookie changes and so forth is that a lot of kind of multi-touch attribution potentially, um, you know, what might have been possible historically won't necessarily always be possible in quite the same way uh, anymore. So I think that in my opinion, um, one of the things that we're gearing up for at Finder is actually trying to take a more experiment-based approach to things. So kind of I suppose some of the methods of running uh, kind of tests and creative evaluation that maybe historically we would have used in above the line, we're now starting to look at in digital as well. So things along the lines of, you know, um, ghost ads, charity ad tests, holdout groups, testing things in one state, not another state and things like that. And these are, I suppose, methods that, um, you know, with multi-touch obviously being such a prominent part of how we've been evaluating digital experience or digital advertising campaigns, we, you know, I think we've been quite reliant on that. While I think now, in my opinion, 
like as a business anyway, we are definitely starting to have conversations that more go, what would happen if we turned off this? You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. not assuming that we not assuming that we know the answer because of an sure. attribution model. Okay. So I think that um, I think that's potentially quite an interesting change. Um, yeah, great. So to, to the ecosystem. So are there any? You kind of touched on it there a little bit, but are there any new strategies your programmatic team is experimenting with? Yeah. So I think probably some of the ones that we're experimenting with is taking a more experiment-based approach to things. Um, so that is a strategy which we're actively leaning into. I think some of the other things that we are experimenting with at the moment too um, relate obviously to different channels and things like that. So obviously, you know, uh, out of home and additional channels which now can be bought programmatically. We personally haven't actually, we're not, um, we haven't historically run a lot of out of home at Finder, but with some of these channels now being available, um, we're now starting to have conversations where we're saying, oh, hang on a second, this could now be, like, should we actually be looking at testing in some of these areas and so forth? So how do you how do you measure digital out of home? Well, you know what? As I said, we haven't had a campaign go live yet, but I'll tell you how I would measure it. Mm-hmm. And um, I expect we will probably do some testing in this down the line. The way that I think we would measure it potentially would be by um, doing location-based tests. That's one. We run our own media mix modeling in-house as well. So that's obviously another piece there too. Obviously there's kind of, um, we also run always on brand tracking. So we run, um, we work with Qualtrics to run like always in market tracking of kind of salience consideration and whatnot. So I suppose that's the top level. The level beneath in terms of channel, we might be testing in terms of uh, state. Yeah, or otherwise. Um, hmm, interesting. Yeah. So we're going to switch gears here. We're going to have a couple more questions yeah. and then we can wrap it up. So um, what books podcasts, media, are you consuming right now that's helping you with your day-to-day job? Yeah, okay. I think probably from my perspective, if we come back to this kind of topic about creativity and um, being really people-centric, that's probably where I'm – that's one of the things that I'm really interested in. And as a result, like a lot of the – um, a lot of the reading I've been doing has actually kind of been, I suppose, in the area of kind of behavioural economics and things like that, where it's about really understanding people's motivations, understanding why people do what they do. And I think that's then pieces that um, – I believe as marketers will help us to create, you know, messaging that resonates. And really, I think as well, messaging, like at Finder, we really believe that, um, you know, what we do helps people to make better financial decisions, which can improve their lives. So we really feel like every extra person we can help to do that. It's, it's kind of better beneficial from a societal perspective. So, I mean, some of the guys that like I've been reading regularly would be kind of like Richard Thaler's work on the nudge theory and things like that. And I think that a lot of those kinds of pieces are, are really interesting from the point of view of actually putting the, the person at the centre of the campaign and really trying to understand, you know, how can we communicate and, um, you know, motivate people. Great. And who would you look up to as a, like a mentor or a role model? You know what? That's an interesting question. In In my career, I actually haven't ever had like a formal mentor in that regard. I think the people that I would look up to would be people who, I suppose, test test the boundaries and push things from an innovation perspective. Uh, and I think probably there's um, not an official capacity, but there's lots of people I think throughout, like even throughout Finder as a company actually, that I think do a really great job with that, who I, I learn from every day. So yeah, I probably don't have one particular name that I would call out um, on my own journey. If you could tell someone 10 years ago Mm. one thing about how advertising would turn out now, what would it be? (laughs) Uh, I would think if I was going to sum it up from 10 years ago to today, it would be that um, obviously we've gone from the stage of uh, things becoming incredibly 
uh, granular from a tracking and targeting perspective over the last 10 years to now looking at how things will open up again. But the continuous trend throughout all of that has been how do we how do we connect with people and engage with them and um, motivate them to to engage with our, our brands and products. So I think that's probably been the constant while the world of kind of tech, uh, ad tech, publishing, etc. obviously I think has, has evolved rapidly. I think the, the person has probably been the constant throughout that. Sounds like we've almost come full circle there really, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, look, I mean, I think one of the best things about the digital industry is that it's it's constantly uh, constantly evolving and it's, it's quick changing and whatnot. And I think um, I couldn't, where we're going to be in 10 years' time, I think, you know, um, this is going to be really exciting too. So I don't know if I'd say full circle. I think we're on a continuum. But I've yeah. got one more actually sure. that just came to mind. Go, go. I'd love to get your take on AI and, and what you think its implications are for for um, for marketing and yeah. for the, the world. Have we let the genie out of the bottle? I would say, like, I actually think that AI is already having a huge impact on what we do from a marketing perspective. Uh, and I mean, obviously, like at Finder, we work really heavily with um, – you know, bid models that involve machine learning and things like that. And we personally have seen uh, really, really strong results off the back of those pieces. And I think obviously, um, even if I look at Binder as an example, we currently would have probably activity, paid activity live in twice the number of verticals today that we did probably three years ago with a team that's the same size. And a lot of that... um, well, some of that, I would say, is because we are we are using, you know, um, machine learning powered bidding and things like that, which I think um, can be can be very effective. So I think that it's it's I personally think it's really beneficial for the industry. Um, yeah, and I think that some of the providers out there, I think, have done a really great job of kind of leaning in and leading the charge on that. But I think um, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of players who um, work really heavily in this space: Comcast, Google, I mean, a whole bunch of the guys um, who kind of have that as a USP. And I think. Um, I actually think it's yeah, really positive. Brilliant. Mm. Thank you very much for your time, Jen Snell. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Thanks for having me. On the next episode of Ashton Cast, we'll be playing the full interview with Peter Barry, followed by Travis Klinger, the VP of Global Strategy and Partnerships at LiveRamp. Stay tuned. Ashton Cast, programmatic in your pocket, was proudly brought to you by our friends at LiveRamp. Please make sure to subscribe rate, comment, and tell anyone you know that's interested in this industry about this podcast and your favorite episode. You can find Ashton Cast on all the major podcast players, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. Go to ashtonmedia.com.au slash ashtoncast for more info. This was produced by Podpaste and Ashton Media here in Sydney, Australia. Executive produced by Darren Lake and Gavin Stewart. Audio engineering by Eamon Connolly. Story writing producer, Charles Montano. And additional research and copywriting by Tim McDonald. Ashton, Ashton, Ashton Media.